Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Welcome back, everyone, to the Flow Track Podcast. I am Kevin. He is Gordon. Email address flowtrackpodcast at gmail.com. Subscribe to our YouTube page. Gordon's back from Albuquerque, where he saw a pretty great meet. College records all over the place. Dramatic women's team battle. How are you feeling, Gordon? I'm feeling great. It was a great meet. Uh, ran to some people who watched the pod, which was cool. Nice. At the meet. But uh, overall, I was. Enjoying being in the element of a track meet. It's kind of interesting because people were saying last time we were in Albuquerque was you were there with me. 2020. 2020 when it got shut down. Three years later, we're back in Albuquerque. And uh, hey, man, track still continues to impress them. That's I'm really doing a, bit, doing a bad job of explaining this. Track continues to outdo itself. There it is. Especially on the women's side this year. You got it. Not so much on the men's side, but on the women's side. They were outdoing themselves very well. Wait, we could say, wait. The sixty record, the two hundred record, the techn- the four hundred record, technically the six hundred record, six hundred all down, and the six hundred sixty hurdle record all went down in twenty twenty three and four by four. Well, in this one meet, so everything six hundred and under got broken. In this one meet, all the sprint and hurdle records yeah. went down. You combine it with the field event records as well too. It was just. It was unbelievable. Yeah. It, it surpassed. I was going to ask you midway through the meet, hey, is this like the AM meet in 2018? But it was like so far past that. You had people breaking records in the in the prelim and then coming back. And it was just, I mean, like Julian Alfred's just incredible. Incredible. I mean, stuff. I think it's also a factor of the altitude. Altitude definitely helped. I think Yeah. it's good for sprinters if you're in altitude. There's a reason why they all go to Albuquerque and go to Texas Tech when they want to run fast times. Yes. That thin air helps you out. All right, so we're going to run through some of the top performances from this meet. Let's start first with Britton Wilson. Britton Wilson spent a lot of this year running the 800, and she spent a lot of last year running the four-meter hurdles. What does she do? Drop into the quarter, win an NCAA title, run 49-48, break the American record, number two all-time to Femke Bowl. Would have been the world record before this year tops it all off with a really strong four by four split as well. You got to talk to her twice. What were your impressions of Britton Wilson? The thing that stood out to me was the move she made on that backstretch against Talitha Diggs. It was like turbo boost to the max. And then she carried that all the way through to the finish line. That was a very confident move. Yeah. 49, 48 insane. I asked her post 
race, I was like, were you thinking that you could break? She technically broke the old world record, right. like the Femke pre Femke Bull pre Femke Bull record. Yep. I said, were you thinking world record? Like when you went into the season, she said she was, and then also that. But then when Femke did what she did, she was like, whoa. <laughs> she's like, I, I don't know if I can do that. But now that she's running 49, 48, I think that if you give her two more weeks of indoor 400s, I think she breaks that. Mm-hmm. This was her third 400. She ran a 400 mid-February where she got second. She ran 51, 14. <laughs> and then she ran in the prelim 50, 69. And then the final 49, 48. Now, obviously, she still did some 4 by 4 splits. But, man, 49, 48. That's quick. Yeah. And... We were kind of reacting to, like, what did Femke Bowles' 49-second, 400 mean for that future of the outdoor? You're like, whoa, watch out, Sydney. Femke's going to be – it's good. Yeah. Sydney's got to now watch out for Britain as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is a type of performance that I think officially puts Britain Wilson in the elite tier. Because right now the elite tier was three women, Sydney, Delilah, and Femke. Mm-hmm. I think you got to put Britain Wilson now. I think it's become a Mount Rushmore. <laughs> well, you're talking about hurdles. Yeah. Let me talk about the open four. That too. Open four takes on a whole new meaning this year. It was open because <laughs> there's a lot of the, the big names may not be in it. What if Bull and Sydney both just stick to the 400 hurdles? Brynn Wilson slide right in. She's a medal favorite. She's just medal favorite, at least right now. You know, Paulino sub 49. But if you run 49 mid indoors. Third race. Third 400. Yeah, exactly. I know it's at altitude and all that other stuff. You got to you gotta consider her a metal threat in both events. And it, a lot of it's going to have to do with what are the top two women end up doing? What do they end up choosing in terms of which event they go to? That's going to play a big role. But newsflash, the fastest four-meter hurdlers in the world are really good in the open four too. Right? It's crazy how many great 400 400- – flat runners coming out of the 400 hurdles. I mean, typically, sometimes, a lot of people choose the steeple or the hurdles because they can't, they're not the best at the flat version of that race. Yeah, it's a better chance for a Better chance of medal. But yeah. like, in this situation, all the 400 meter runners are glad that Sydney, Britain, Femke, Delilah mm-hmm. aren't doing the flat 400 yeah. because they are the, the better of like you, USA, mm-hmm. the three best 400 meter runners don't run the 400. Yeah, no, you the could, four best. You could tell by the Britain, the roster. You could say the five best. You could put Abby Steiner in there. I'd still, well, Mo, you're saying Mo, Sydney, Britain, Britain, Steiner? Yeah. As a fourth? No, and, uh, and uh, Delilah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, I put, I put Diggs in that mix. I think she's going to be. Really good. But right come now, outdoors, though, like, but yeah. Again, this was such an impressive run for Britton Wilson. the The way she did it, too, I thought really spoke volumes about how good she's going to be. Uh, come outdoors. Also, I mentioned this in the pre-show. Mention it again. Bad news for any f- future four hundred meter runners who don't like running the eight hundred. Because what your coach is going to do is he's going to pull up Britton Wilson's twenty twenty three indoor season and say, look at all these 800s she ran, and then look at what she ended up running in the 400 at the end of the year. You want to be a good 400 runner? Run some 800s. I mean, now, I mean, a thing, though, she won the 400 being an 800-meter mm-hmm. runner, so it's starting yeah. to become a trend where the best half mi- oh, a, a half-miler 
yeah. can win the 400. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Kevin? Yeah. A few weeks ago, mm. I made a bet with you. That the winning time. You got lucky on this one, man. At, <laughs> you thought you were done for. The winning time in the women's 400 would be faster at NCAAs than at European championships. Yeah, but that's because you thought Femke Bowl was going to run 50.3 or something like that. But that's okay. Credit to you. you a won. win's a win. You lost the men's side of this, though. Why did I, how did I lose that? Elijah Godwin ran fast. You took the opposite. Oh, you yeah. thought Warholm would run faster than the winner of the NCAA race. But yes. Credit to you. You somehow backed your way into that one. Backdoor cover. Congrats. What talking about. Congrats to you, Gordon. But more, more importantly, congrats to Britton Wilson. Yes. Let's move. Oh, and also 49-2, 4x4 split. Yeah, but that, see, that doesn't surprise me after you run 49-4 in the yeah. open. It just, it just doesn't. 49-2, 4 Well, four the whole 4x4, four four, faster than the outdoor. Yeah. Like, right? Would have been the world record, but they're not all from the U.S. Don't get me started on that. I think that's a bad rule. We're here to be positive, though. That positive. also reminds me of 2018, too. USC men. Should have the world yeah, record. Yeah, we are here to be positive, which I don't like because I wanted to title this podcast Winners and Losers of NCAAs. And no you're losers like, here. No there, losers. There are losers. There are 15 losers in every event. <laughs> the loser, loser is my brain when we have to not call that a world record, even though the fastest collection of four people together in history. The Arkansas women were so we I mean we knew that, right? Going in, you qualify six of the sixteen yeah. in the open four, you're gonna be you're gonna be great. All right. Julian Alfred, let's talk about her sweeps, the 60 and the 200, breaks the collegiate record in both. We knew she was going to do it in the 60 because that's what she's done all year. Gets it all the way down to what, Gordon? 6.94, tied with Aaliyah Hobbs for number two all-time. The 200. In the world. In the world, all-time in history. In the 200, 22.01, which is what all-time? Number two. Pretty, pretty impressive stuff, even by Alfred's standards. She outdid herself. She raised her game. Yeah, and she hates the 200, too. She says she does not like <laughs> running it. She's, she probably is going to stop running it after, you know, when she becomes a pro. Mm-hmm. But, like, when you're scoring 10 points at the national level and uh, running 22, it's, it's kind of crazy. You can run 2201 and hate the event. <laughs> Did you think 2201 would be possible after she ran 694 based on what she had run she ran good 200 earlier i did not i thought that there was a chance that ophelia could win i think that ophelia almost got the collegiate record in the prelim yeah so i was like ophelia's still good but you know i just didn't know that alford was just on another level and we saw it in the 60 clearly she was running incredible every race right how many times did she break the collegiate record the original collegiate record she ran 705 to start the season yeah yeah, and I don't she know, ran four, like four eight more. times or something like that. Well, every single time she ran, seven oh five was the collegiate record before Julian Alford got it last year. Yeah, every time this year was seven oh five or faster or faster. Yeah, I mean she started at seven oh five and then ended at six ninety four. She took over a tenth off of a sixty. That's a lot time, right? That's a that's a good chunk when you're starting at seven oh five. That's a lot. So we. But always, yeah, what I was saying is, I, I mean, I forgot what I was going to say. But what I was going to say is, I forgot what I was going to say. But what I was going to say. <laughs> I thought Ophelia could have won. I didn't even with the six ninety four. I still thought Ophelia was the favorite. Mm-hmm. But now Monday morning quarterback, it makes a lot of sense that if you run six ninety four, you're gonna run twenty two zero. So it makes a lot more sense. Sixty times they're fun, but then we always think, all right, what are they gonna do outdoors? And there's been enough people who have been sixty meter superstars that don't compete 
for metals when it comes outdoors. However, when you run 22-0 indoors, that answers any questions that anybody's going to have about, hey, how's that last, how's that last 40 meters going to go for you? How's this going to work indoor, uh, outdoors? Yeah. Um, she ran 1081 when legal last year. Yeah. She's going to go low 107s this year. I think the yeah. 1075 NCAA record is going to go. And I think right now, if you ranked top 100-meter women in the world, is she in the top five? Is she in the top four? She in the top I mean, you're, you're not going to – you're not going to – no, you're not going to put her in the top three. You're not going to put her in front of three Jamaicans. Why not? Because they're the reigning gold, silver, and bronze medalists from last year. But I think she's worked her way into what did Thompson, what did the, Lane Thompson the, run last year? The conversation for the medals. What did Lane Thompson run last year? I don't care what she ran last year. She's, I do. She's gonna be fine this year. I do. She ran ten seventy nine last year. Yeah. Julian ran ten eighty one point oh two slower. Just now coming off of a six ninety four. I think you could argue age also like. So you think you there's think a she, chance that she's she can medal? You think you yeah. think Alfred can medal? Yeah, I mean, I would put her in that range of like three through seven, and then prior to the indoor season, I'd have thought that would be yeah. Stretch. Like she's her stock has improved so much this indoor season, and she was again already starting from a pretty high place with with the ten eights, but just the consistency of of the the six nines and then the the twenty two zero. I mean, just incredible, incredible stuff. You want to go to the distance side of things? So we had another double. Speaking of, so Britain won two, four by four and 400. Julian won the 60 and the 200. Another double. Yeah. Kaylin Tui, which probably is the most obvious double we saw coming because there was not any drama in either of these races. It was, in a way, like kind of boring because of how good Kaylin was better than the rest of the field. Like there was never a moment when you're like, ooh, mm-hmm. watch out. Olomomoy, like, oh, watch out. Maybe Taylor Rowe's going to sneak up. It's like, no. Like, yeah. even when it came down to Taylor Rowe and Caitlin Tui in a 3K, it was just so different from a year ago. A year ago, Caitlin was first time being in contention to potentially win. She's striving for every last meter here. It was more just like a day, a regular day at the work, mm-hmm. regular day at the job. Mm-hmm. She's like, I'm going to come here. I'm clearly better than everyone. I've run the collegiate record in the 3K. I can run a 424 mile. It was uh, a moment of like, there's really nothing else for her to do now. It mm-hmm. was so dominating. I don't, especially with Parker Valby not being there. I feel like Caitlin Dewey's kind of done everything at the NCAA level. There's nothing else for her to do now. Yeah, the gap was pretty stark. And in the five, they were all together. Then it whittled down a bit. And then it was her... And the two Alabama athletes. And then when she decided to make a move, it was, done. It was over. So it was a long period of waiting, and then it was immediately over. Yeah. And I thought it was funny afterwards when you interviewed her and you asked her about, or someone asked her about altitude, like how much she had trained at altitude, how much she had been. And she doesn't have much experience at all at altitude. She ran, like she was so comfortable competing at altitude. She she ran like she had been there her whole life, right? Like the, the ease with which she moved through both of these fields gets – individual title number four and i'm interested in know what she does outdoors you know is it five and 
10? Like, would we think it's that? Is she going to run some 1500s? Because then you also are going to look for outdoors, okay, beyond NCAAs, right? When you're winning NCAAs this comfortably, naturally you're going to think, all right, well, how can I do at USAs? And she's running well enough now to be in the mix at, at USAs. Yeah, NC State's going to have a decision to make. It's similar to kind of what NAU sometimes does is they're going to look at Tui and be like, yeah, Tui, you could get us 20 points because she would easily win the 10K. Mm-hmm. Or, but the thing is, if you run a 10K, you have to run three 10Ks. So you got to qualify, then run the prelim, yeah. and then run the final. So do you want to take 30K off of her legs to make her more prepared for USAs? Mm-hmm. So it's one of those things where are they going to prioritize 20 points at NCAs or giving Tui the best opportunity to finish top three at USAs in the five? Yeah. And I think at this point, I think they're going to prioritize USAs. If you look at her marks this winter, too, and you just project, it's not going to be perfect, right? But she could get more collegiate records outdoors. Yeah. She gets so, the 15, the 5. She could get the 10 if she wanted to. Exactly. That's the other part of it. Maybe. Hell, throw her in the steeple. Maybe, maybe they want to go after some records, and I think she's good enough to where she could do that without it sacrificing her being fresh at the end of the year. Well, the thing is the 10K. It's Will she, won't she? She's, not, she's never run the 10K, right? Well, I don't think so, no. I mean, people would want to watch that, get into a 10K. It would be interesting. But also, they could look at it, maybe get a fast 10K, and then all of a sudden, Tui has a shot, two shots of making the team, in the 10 or the 5. Right. So, um, or but, 15. I mean, her mile was really good this 15. year, too, so maybe there's something there as well. Yeah, she has three options, and it's kind of good to have a lot. It's, it's like... What's what's the phrase like? It's not a bad thing to have. God dang, I'm really bad. With it's okay. Phrases when you have like multiple options. It's a winner's problem. That's what. Yeah, it's I've like that's heard. a good. It's a good problem to have. That's yeah, the phrase. She got three good problems. She's to have. got three good problems <laughs> to have. Yeah. Uh, she also mentioned um, that she went into her coach's office, like the week before declaring entries, or the week of NCAs. And before she could say anything, Lori said, "No, you're not running the DMR. You're doing a, you're doing a three k five k double. Like you're not tripling." Oh, she wanted did, to. Did triple, she want to? But like Lori stopped it before she could ask. Like, no, you're not tripling. That would have been interesting. <laughs> I mean, it would the have media been a hard, is so compact. Yeah, you, when you know this as the foremost Edward Chesarek biographer, when he did it, was the time gaps the same? Yeah. Okay. It just the meat is so. Because the, there's a men's section, a women's section, right? Which they started the, after the COVID year. And now they've just kept it like that. Yeah. It's, just, it's 80 minutes when you get to the final day. And then they take it out, you know, a little bit of a break. And then the, the men go. I swear, that triple that Chez did is better. I can't believe he didn't win the Bowerman. Did he not win the Bowerman that year? I don't remember. No, so much better than what Jerry Lawson did. In oh, gosh. All right. I'm telling you. Moving on. Another collegiate record. And a, this is an awesome race because you had the two fastest women of all time. Going in the NCAA's going against each other in Akira Nugent and Messiah Russell. Akira Nugent gets it. She goes 772. She actually broke Messiah Russell's NCAA record in the prelim, prelim. and then in the final uh, runs 773, a little bit slower. But I mean, credit to Russell for making this just an awesome race, too. They both brought their A game. Nugent was just a tiny bit better. She also breaks the Jamaican record, and Arkansas won the team race. This was this was big, you know, big points for the Razorbacks getting those 10 points because it put them in a position where you know they just needed to finish ahead of um, Texas in that 4 by 4 My favorite moment of this was post-race interview. She uh, Nugent dunked on me in front of everyone. Oh, nice. I said... That's my job. 
I know. I said, it's this performance, where do you think it puts Jamaica on the map in the the hurdles? And she's like, Jamaica's already on the map. And I was like, She's right. Damn, you're right. Yeah. They, are they have hurdles. a lot of hurdlers. They have a lot of good hurdles. But you know, you're thinking they're all all the attention goes to their the big three sprinters. You know, the hurdles kind of don't get a lot of fanfare their way. Yeah. Shelly Ann and and uh Sharika and all those women. But very impressive. I'm excited to see them go up against each other in the 100 hurdles. Yeah. It's going to hopefully make that 100 hurdle competition more exciting because now you have, you know, we thought it was going to be a just Masai Russell taking it away. It's yeah. going to be her year. But now that there's another woman and it's not just any other woman. It's a woman who now has won two titles and is like breaking right. collegiate records. So. Nugent wins two NCAA titles, two different teams. She had won one with Baylor before and no Arkansas. Also in this meet, Dylan Jacobs won one for Notre Dame and then now Tennessee. Has anyone ever won for three different teams? I don't know, but now the bar is set for three. That'd be a lot of trans. I guess in today's Aiden Owens era. has competed for three different teams, but he only has won for one. One, yeah. Can you name three teams? Michigan, Arkansas. Correct. Correct. Was it USC? Yeah. There you go. All right, next race. That's Let's- crazy. Be on three different teams in a well, four-year Have you seen some of these career? quarterbacks? That are do, that are like in the portal all the time. Like there's, I forget, someone will know in the chat. But there's like a guys who's like on four schools in the because they had the COVID year and then the medical redshirt. Yeah, yeah. It's it's remarkable because everybody wants quarterback. Okay, let's go to the oh women's eight hundred. This was a good race. Uh, Roisin Willis, Juliet Whitaker, one two. Michaela Rose was pushing the pace early on. Thought she might hold on, but the Stanford freshman um, get it done. In their first big time race, and I was thinking about being that young and being in a race this big, and then I thought about how long people in the track world have been talking about Willis and Whitaker, and how many big high profile races they've been in. Right? They've worn the Team USA jersey. They've run in all the All Star type meets against each other in a lot of cases. Right? There's been a lot of hype and focus and attention on them. So I thought, hey, they're handling this with a lot of poise. And I think it's just because, number one, they are in a good situation right now. But also, they just have had a ton of practice at this. And yeah, the NCAA indoors, bigger stage and all that. But they've been on big stages before. They've been able to, they've run against runners who are at their level or a little bit better, or in some cases, a lot better, right? In some of these professional type fields before that that you step into this sort of setting and and you can handle it because you're just you're ready to roll you've you've done this before it's not unfamiliar yeah it's also just impressive to in season one of yeah. the you know the star freshman duo yeah. you you can't get better than one two like mm-hmm. that is impressive enough obviously they have the talent to do go one two but for it to actually happen in year one yeah like they literally coach gets an a plus plus. Yeah, yeah. Just to ma- just to ma- manage it too, because an eight hundred is an event where some stuff can go wrong. Yeah, you got to manage your effort throughout the year, and uh, and they did it. And they also got the DMR title. Whitaker held on um, in that one for Stanford to get it, but Willis was on that as well too. They got a great uh, Maya Valman ran a really good four hundred meter leg to get some to get some space for them. And there was a lot of drama going on behind too, because Lauren Gregory. Whew. Split a 431, and up until, what, 30 meters to go? Looked like she was going to pull off an incredible comeback. And then Whitaker 
just saved enough or just found enough somewhere there because Gregory came from way back. She had all the momentum. I thought I thought she was going to steal it. Yeah, I think a lot of people did. And uh, Gregory is going to have, like, the low-key, known, like, most impressive runner-up finishes yeah. because 431 at altitude, it's insane. Yeah. And then to come back and almost get the – I mean, she didn't get the win. She was in contention to get the win in the mile. Comes up short to Olivia Howell. Howell having a great kind of under – under the radar, Under yeah. the radar performance there. The women's mile didn't have as much fanfare. When you take Caitlin Tui out of it, it kind of loses a little bit of its luster. But Gregory is good, and Gregory is going to be someone you have to watch for, I think, in um, the next couple few years. She could be like a wild card, potentially sneaks onto a team, I think. Yeah. Like, you run 431 at altitude, come back at second, you know, to Hal. Because the Hal of- had the advantage of not having to do the DMR. So Gregory was kind of running on tired legs. These are the type of performances you need to win a team title as well. That too, yeah. Yeah, two eight-point performances for – now, there were other women on that DMR. It wasn't just entirely Gregory. It was, it was entirely but Gregory, like, though. But they needed all – 431. Yeah, and if she if they get – instead of eight points, they, they get, get – five. Right, totally well, – Three. They still they won by four. You totally didn't make the point okay, for me. Four two, points. Two, I don't know if she just – if she got dispirited, right? Yeah. But she ran as if she needed every point – because she did. And if you go back and look, this is Arkansas wins a lot like this. They they get those clutch performances. Um and sixteen points is more than ten. If she had just won run Wait, one on. of those races. Hold on, let me check that math. Six, if she had just run one of those races points, then you're down 10 points. you're down two to Texas. So sixteen, ten credit um, to Gregory. Yeah, math checks out. Sixteen points is more than ten points. Hold on, let me see how much more, though. Looks like minus 10, carry to 1. All right, we're going to the men. It's a difference of 6. So they got 6 more points. Right, and how much they win by? 4. Yeah. All Hold on, stuff. is that that 6 is, is six more than 4? Yeah, right. 6 is more than 4. Men's side of things. Let's run through this on the men. We'll come back to some of the women's uh, the field events. We don't need a run through, okay? You always are big about we making this podcast go extremely fast. Sometimes we, got, we just got to we got let it breathe. We got an hour. What, what do you have? You have a heart out? I would love to let it breathe, but we waste time with your addition bit. Do we have a heart out? That do we have a heart out? Yeah, Amanda's producing today. Where she is she got going? Stuff to do. She has stuff She's to got do. South by. South by is going on. I don't Are know you if going that's what you do. No, I'm not no, going to any of that. Why not? I'm trying to do a show here. Let's do roll. we got to go to one of the South by festival? Uh, the only festival I go to is called the Pen Relays. End of April, live on Flow Track. All right. Bowling. Matthew Bowling. 20.12. We said the 200 was the hardest race to predict. We the were guy right. who won it, neither of us predicted, yeah. even though he's a former champion. And like we were thinking, like, hey, it's a really off year for bowling. Like the entire time, it was like, what's going on with bowling? He's not yeah, running the 60s, yeah. not doing a long jump. He's getting what, third? Did he get third at SECs? He might have got third at SECs. Uh, yeah, he wasn't top two. We were like, what's going on? Is he just kind of like uh, running out of steam? Did he. Shoot a shot too early because what do you get? SEC second. Oh, you got second. Okay, well you went twenty though. But he was 40. back. Jacoby Patterson beat yeah. him by 0.15. I don't know. So you're just like, what's going on? And then we're like, oh, we see what's going on. He's trusting the process. Got to do that. Listen to Carol Smith Gilbert, and uh, is basically timing his season perfectly to not just win, but win and run an impressive 2012 which is very quick for an indoor 200. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to translate well 
for his outdoor. And I, at this midseason, I was kind of like bowling is not a factor for the U.S. 200 in my mind. Men's 200 is just too good. Bowling's not running out of his mind. This would have been a time. But you run 2012 now. I think you got to start sneaking, maybe potentially bowling back into the wild card, potentially getting on the team picture. I mean, that's tough. I know it's tough. tough. It is tough. You got to beat either Knighton. Lyles doesn't count in this equation because he's got the bye. Knighton, Benaric, and Curly. Curly. Those are the big three. At minimum, yeah. But like, Knighton, I don't think, no one's beating Knighton. Knighton's 19-5. Benaric, I think, is the venture world champion. He basically got to, he's got to beat Curly. Yeah. And you got to, Think Curly is going to be, Curly's going to focus on it because he has the buy and hold. It's going to be, yeah, it's going to be very hard. But maybe an injury <laughs> happens or something. Yeah, I just think that he's there's going to be other guys too. I think he can run nineteen seven. And he can to. make the team. He'd need to, yeah, for sure. I just want to see more outdoors. Great run for him. Yeah, I mean, he's won this race in the past, so he got back uh, on top of the podium, which is a great accomplishment. The two hundreds legit this year, and you're winning an NCAA title. That's really really hard. Yeah. To do, um, it is weird though. He he won two years ago. Then the person who won last year was Javon uh, Javante Harding, yeah, who didn't make the final this year, right? And then bowling wins it this year. It's indoor two like, hundreds are weird. It's weird, and that's the thing. Indoor two hundreds are just kind of that's the piece. Indoor two hundreds are weird. Yeah, I'll buy one. Oh, did you get me the sweatshirt that I asked? I tried to order a sweatshirt from you while you were in Albuquerque. Kyle Garland's dad. Was wearing the sweatshirt. You didn't ask me to order that. No, I said, but go up to him and ask him, hey, how do I get this sweatshirt? It was intense. I liked it. <sighs> I he, he had like a photo on it. it yeah, said Philly, Philly John. Philly yeah. John, yeah. You didn't think... I went up to Kyle Garland, and I was like, that was a Joel Embiid-like performance. Uh-oh. And I don't think he heard what I said to him. I think he was just used to everyone saying congratulations to him. Yeah. He was like, oh, thanks, man. <laughs> I was like, I don't think you heard what I said. I was like, uh, yo, you, you, that was Embiid-esque. Yeah. Because he had a 215 area code tattoo yeah. on Yeah, is he chest. a Sixers fan? I just assume so. Maybe he went to Georgia and he's a big Hawks guy. No, he's from Philly. Maybe, maybe he I mean, likes Trey Young. Maybe he's like a New York fan or something. Devon, I don't. You Dejounte don't Murray. get two one five area code tattooed on you and not be a Sixers fan. Yeah, I know that's why you got it. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, more sprints. Let's stay with Georgia. Elijah Godwin got it done. Forty four seventy five. Gordon. I have a video on my phone that the public won't see. Mm. because I decided not to post it. Or you decided not to post it. I, I sent it to you. Did you see the video? Yeah, he was he, he was, was rough after. He was he was lying on the ground. So after he ran the first heat of the two-heat final, he was lying on the ground. The coaches are all around him. He's like just very out of it. Couldn't really focus. Was just like, and it was a long time. And then the second heat was going on. Mm. And I heard, I was like, oh, 44-9 was the time of the second heat. And I was like, oh, he won. This is going to rejuvenate him. Even though he's so tired, he's going to be like rejuvenated that he won the title. And so I had the phone. And I was like, you just won. And he's like still not paying attention. The yeah. coaches are like, get out. Get out get out of our face. I'm like, oops, sorry. I thought it would, you know, give him a second win at realizing one. But he went to the well. That's what I'm saying. He was so gassed. So gassed. He didn't even have enough energy. to. He couldn't even run the 4x4. Four four. Well, he goes out so hard, too. Yeah. And then you're running it you know, at altitude. I know it's only a quarter, but it's got to hit you pretty hard. Yeah, and he had some interesting tidbits in his post-race interview. Like, he talked about he was throwing up the morning of the meet. I think probably altitude sickness. And he's talking about just, like, dealing with, you know, he was kind of happy that he lost his prelim because it 
took a little bit of the pressure off of being the guy. Mm-hmm. He's never had to be the guy, and he didn't know how to handle being the guy. But so once he lost, he's like, I'm not in the fast seat final. So I'm not the guy anymore. Mm-hmm. So then the pressure's gone, and then goes out and runs 44-7. So it's kind of like a little bit of blessing in disguise to not be in the fast seat, just to kind of take the pressure off. Be like, no one's expect. I'm not the guy anymore. No one's expecting it, even though he really always was the guy. Mm-hmm. He was always the guy. But he runs 44-7, which is two, three all-time? Yeah. Something like that? The I thought you knew. The, the discussion answer. of the mental component brings up Terrence Jones because yeah. I, I watched that interview. It was pretty good. He talked about that as well, like dealing with the nerves pre-race. And he was solid. He was solid in this race to run a 646. I mean, that's a legit time for Jones. He's uh, also taller than I thought. Taller than Gordon thought. Add that to the resume as well, too. Favorite Shea. <laughs> Sorry for that analysis. That was a bad analysis. Favorite Shea scratched after yeah. the the prelims. But still, Jones was Jones is rock solid and only ran one other. I think Jones wins that year. race, even if Favor was in it. It was a it was a great run for him. And I think you know, another guy you want to see outdoors now, see what he can do. But this is good. And I think that like um Terrence Jones, it's 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 nothing. He's not on the map yet, but I do think if he goes out to the outdoor season and runs a couple nine nines, nine mm-hmm. eight highs, then it's all of a sudden going to be like, all right, let's see what this guy can do because he has potential to to like slingshot his way into like an international type level talent. Mm-hmm. The, 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 but nothing's been shot. He's still kind of waiting. But if he goes out, like goes to Texas Relays or goes to a random mm-hmm. invitational, runs like a nine eight. We're going to be like, whoa, <laughs> this is a new guy. He's young. Get him in the mix because we're always looking for new new international guys to break up the USA Big Three. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's move to the distance, mid-distance. Kevin, I just want to say one things. thing. You're doing a great job at keeping the podcast moving. Yeah. I know you get upset when I go on tangents and talk about things that aren't related to the podcast. Right I like now, when you said he was taller than I thought. I thought that was a really important I thought he was short. I thought he was short. I really did. I, he's I, taller than you. Yeah, he's almost as he's about as tall as me. So, um, that's tall that's for a sprinter. Five eleven. That's tall. Just kidding. I'm not five eleven. Five eleven guys. How tall are you? Six. You're not six. You're five eleven. Six would have. You're inch. definitely five eleven. No, I'm, I'm closer to six one than I am to six. Oh, yeah. or it's all people who are five eleven. What are you six two? I'm six three. Calm down. No, you're not. I am. Driver's license. You should be able to dunk. You don't have a driver's license. We've right been here. through this. Yeah, it's expired. It's expired. Right. Six three. Yeah, Boom. you put that. They don't measure you at the DMV. You write that down. See, if you had been to the DMV in the last twenty years, you'd know that. All right. I did put in a renewal, but they said they're going to send it to me. Does that mean they're going to use the same photo? Yeah. But what if I look different? Look like you me? look the same. Yeah. Okay. Good. Don't worry about that. Uh let's talk Oklahoma State. Yes. Big story on the men's side. Big story. They win the men's distance medley relay, and then Fouad Saudi runs to win. Runs with a big kick and wins that 3K. Um, DMR, there was no drama on it. Like, they ran pretty convincingly. Got It got narrowed down uh, by the 800 leg to two teams. And then um, once Shoppy. Shoppy was got, the anchor. Yeah, yeah Shoppy got the stick and then had just a solid lead the entire way through. But Masali ran the 12 and, and did a good job kind of so- thinning out the pack. Oklahoma State took advantage of we're going in fresh. A lot of the other yeah. teams, Washington, they came back a few from the mile. The other teams were running people back. 
they were fresh with their best athletes fresh. Some people ran fresh, but with their second-tier athletes. Yeah. And Masadi ha- hammered that 12, gave him a big lead, and then it was that was all they needed. The, the most interesting run was the 800-meter leg where yeah. I think the Wisconsin, was the Wisconsin athlete yeah. went out so hard. Well, they caught up. Caught up. Yeah. They were like, whoa. What? And then it, he paid for it later on, and 800-meter leg, uh, Juan Castro, mm-hmm. Diego. Diego Juan, Juan Diego Castro, Diego Castro, Juan, what's his name? It's three words, don't know the order. Juan Diego Castro? No. Diego Juan Castro. You're distracting yourself again. What is it? What is, I'd have come to look on. It it's up. Di- I gotta find it's the... Diego Juan, Ca- Juan Diego Castro. What is it? Juan Diego Castro. Juan Diego Castro. Sorry, I apologize, Juan. Um, he has like three first names. It's great. He ran a great 800 leg, but then yeah, Shopee was health was was fresh, and it was basically boring. Did you see the video I posted? Yeah, of the coach it, realized like we're gonna win. Yeah, well, he, did, he didn't let it get. He kept I like it honest. that they they played to their advantage, which is everybody's fresh. Let's make this honest. Let's go. Let's press the advantage, yeah. and you see it sometimes, but not every time, with the DMR. I guess on the the women's side of things, it's not like Stanford stopped and let other teams catch up. They tried to press the advantage too, but. There are some occasions where if you're 10 meters ahead, you just stop. Keep it. No, oh, no you just yeah. stop and then everybody catches up and then you try to draft and then be the best miler. But Oklahoma State's thinking we have the best combined group of four athletes. Take Let's advantage. run every single leg hard and then and then go for it. But Masawi in that three was, <sighs> was solid. And Bosley was trying to run away, right, really pushing it, similar to how he ran the 5,000. 5,000 more, like I described them more as surges. 3,000 since it's shorter. It was just kind of a, a longer drive from home. And then even with 50 to go, you're like, I can Bosley hang on? And then Masawi just had a little bit of a burst to carry him to the title. Yeah, NAU had a strategy in the 5K, the, the flossing strategy, where they kind of go hard and off. It's kind of like Fartlake style. And you could argue that NAU probably was like B-plus on the strategy because they ended up getting third and fourth, which is very good. But Klinger and Jacobs were just... Mm-hmm. They never got dropped, so then they had a better kick, and it was, yeah, you yeah. couldn't make up for yeah. that. But then Bosley ran a much better race in the three k. Like I think he learned from what he what went wrong in the five k, and he ran like an A A plus race in that three k. Yeah, the whole idea of that race was they knew Masadi was coming off of a twelve hundred. They knew he had the best kick in the mm-hmm. field. Everyone there knew that. You know who really knew that? Montana State. Uh, Duncan Hamilton. Duncan Hamilton. Yeah. They went out hard. They made it honest. I know 748. It's not hard. 748 converts to 736, which is the collegiate record. Mm-hmm. So it was honest. And they made an honest race to try to limit Masadi's ability to kick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So no. they did that perfectly. Then once Drew Hunter was in the lead, he did his flossing thing and made the big move. And you were thinking... Is that what they call it? Yeah, floss. Okay. Floss. Like... Like it. Yeah. He made the big move, and it looked like it was enough. It looked like yeah. he built that gap. So I was like, Bosley, he learned from the day before, perfect race. But Masadi basically beat a perfect race because he's just showing how much talent he has. I think we were talking about this. You, you, you're not sure if you've sold yet, but I think this kid right here, this is the start of, like, I think it's going to be a dominant era for him. Whether he does a 15 or a 5K outdoors, he has a What year kick. is he? I think he's a sophomore. Mm-hmm. He has a kick that is lethal, that I don't think anyone else can match. We don't know how his kick compares to, like, like some of the good milers, but mm-hmm. 
You put him in a 5K, I'm going to take him every time now. Like, he has a legit... Yeah. He went 748 at altitude with a kick at the end. Yeah, yeah. Back to Bosley, though, for a sec. He threw everything he had yeah, at both sick. those races. And he ended up second and third. Reminds me of 2019, Birmingham. Joe Klecker threw everything he had at Morgan McDonald, second and third. Yeah. Same thing. And the, and the five and the three. And when you're in a position where you want to press it. Now, that wasn't at altitude. But McDonald had a really good kick. So that was the whole idea. I think... Did he close in 26 on both of those, I want to say? Uh, McDonald did. Klecker knew he couldn't kick with them. So let's, but that puts you at such a disadvantage because everybody else just sits and waits and waits and waits and waits right on your shoulder. And uh, there's one silver lining to Bosley getting, not not getting a win, is that, think about this. If Abdi Abner wouldn't have won all those races indoors, do you think he would have gone pro? No, probably not. Probably not, right? So you could look at this as maybe, like Drew Bosley, he's a he's a senior now, but they have the extra eligibility because of COVID. Yeah, these like almost there, but never getting the the true win can be a reason to extend their collegiate careers an extra year, which makes NAU kind of if they can return Bosley and Nico next year because they both could leave on graduation. You're signing they, him up for grad school. Does he know that you just signed him up for grad school? Yeah, but I'm just saying, when you get a bunch of second place finishes, it makes you want to stay in college. Yeah, but also I think I think he knows things go a little bit differently. He can win that race if yeah. he's if he's not, you know. But I'm saying it's a good sign position. for the NAU fans out there to be like, "Hey, you're gonna get Bosley maybe a whole another year, mm-hmm. and you'll get Nico Young a whole another year." So, mile and 800. These were interesting. Let's start first with the mile. UW, they ended up getting four in the final. Luke, Luke Hauser as the winner. Did not have Luke Hauser. I thought Joe Wascom, Joe Wascom, Joe Wascom. I picked him not just to be the best UW guy, but the best guy in the nation. And he was there. He was there. He's in the mix. But Luke Hauser stayed right on the rail. Smart running for him. And he wins it. It was very tactical, right? Big last lap burn up, as they say. Isaac Baston. Oh, so close. My pick. So close. Coming up. He like, thought he had it, too. He went through by. Uh, by Wascom, like was on the inside. Um, it's one of those races because it was so tactical. There's probably seven or eight guys today permutations that could have happened. Well, yeah. but they're thinking, well, what if I did this or what if I did that? Yeah. And I'm sure Bastin is one of them. But Hauser gets the win. Yeah, and UW get four milers there. They their team ends a podium because of this. They you know because <laughs> they got the four milers and they had a good DMR. Yeah. Um, but very impressive thing that Andy Powell's doing over there in Seattle. They added another miler. When they go to outdoors with Sam Ellis, Princeton transfer. But we tried a mid interview. I tried to pitch like four by mile, and the guys want to do it. <laughs> the guys want to go for the world. They want to do an all American team so they can get the world record. Oh, wow. But they also just want to maybe, they want to do it. But Andy Powell's a little bit hesitant on it because the way it is in the season, you got to tr- fly all the way to Philly. So they're trying to, Andy's trying to balance their individual plan. But the guys are just like, let's just go do it. It'll be fun. Yeah. So it's like, what do you think they should do? I mean, I think they should go do it. I'm always going to be pro, do it. Yeah. Pro, you know, some say just do it. Exactly. But this is an Adidas school. That, so maybe that's why they're not just doing it. They're not going to do it. They're just thinking about the ramifications of running that hard. Because, you know, all day I dream about securing the four by mile world record. That was soccer. Um, <laughs> hold on. Um, let's slick it last year. Who won the four by mile? Texas? Yeah. For the man? How'd they do? 
at NCAAs? Uh, well, Bizimana fell apart in the eight, and Carozo didn't run up well in the fifteen. Okay, hold on, I'm trying to think of like a positive. Uh, DM, uh, the women, N- four NC by State, fifth, yeah, and State did good. Oh, and, Arkansas uh, and NC State, they did good. Um, Ole Miss men. I think I think the thing is I think Andy Powell's really upset with Jordy Williams, and when he was there with Oregon, you know that 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 was a very like well, that's a long flight too. Oregon Oregon to Penn is no, I'm, just no, as bad no that's as... what I'm saying. But like no Jordy Williams beating Chez. yeah, yeah in no, the, I got that, it. That, that's a little bit of trauma. He's from back east though, right? But that's trauma, like the Jordy Williams trauma. Here, usually you don't need to worry about a sit and kick race if you're UW. Just yeah, go, just man. go. You got two NCAA champions. Oklahoma now. State's gonna be there. It's gonna be good. Iowa State's now gonna be there running a four four by eight. So right. anyway. All right, let's go Texas to... though, eight hundred. Yeah. So this was an interesting race. Probably the most dramatic race just in terms of what transpired, the final strides, and then what happened after Navasky Anderson of Mississippi State is in the lead and he's big up, lead. Up near the front for the duration of of the race and is in command. Starts to slow down. You thought he might start to slow down because he was out aggressively. Yusuf Bizimana of Texas and Creighton Carosa start to make a move. It didn't look like they'd have enough track, though, with 150 to go, even though Anderson was slowing. We get down to the final straightaway. Anderson's really slowing. He starts to drift out into two, then into three. Bizimana's coming. I don't think they made contact with one another, but Bizimana lands on the track in lane four. Anderson... After the race, DQ'd. Bizimana won. Carroza, two. Franco was a little surprised they called the DQ. Were you surprised? I mean, you saw it at a closer angle. I actually did not see it at any closer angle. I was probably the farthest away from the track. <laughs> I was on the opposite. Okay. I was on the, was you know, the, di- was the complete mood? diagonal. I didn't see it. I didn't even know. My discovery of the of the um. The DQ was, I was standing next to the two Texas guys. Yeah. And all of a sudden I saw them celebrating. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, why are they celebrating? I was like, there's a DQ yeah. potential. I was like, really? It's like, yeah. And then Anderson comes through and he had no idea. He sat, he came and did the, the post-race interview. Yeah. Thinking he won. Was like, yeah, you know, I put all my heart and energy into this. And he's like, I was focused and I left it all out there on the ground. And then mid-interview, he finds out that he got DQ'd. Yeah. And he's like... I got to go talk to my coach. Yeah. The reason I'm saying I was surprised isn't because necessarily I thought it was a, a a bad call, although you can just go back and forth on these things a lot. It's because it's not called that much where there's no contact, yeah. right? You're thinking about the Chalimo race. I remember World Indoors 2018, Safan Hassan with Laura Muir. Do you remember that one? She goes, Hassan goes from one yeah. out to three and her arms were... She's big with the yeah, elbows. El- elbows were out. Now, different officials right different governing bodies there these ncaa meets tend to be a bit more litigious wouldn't you say in terms because there's a team score yeah so there's like a bit more protesting and, and moving up i mean now that you've seen it what did you think of the call yeah so someone asked me what'd you think of it yeah and i said i have no opinion <laughs> that's who, my thoughts who asked you uh i'll show you no no you don't need to I'll just say it. This guy. Oh, okay. Well, but the weird thing was there was no contact. Yeah. You 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 think, okay, if there's contact. I can see it, but and also, I cannot see it. Yeah. That's also, my opinion. 
if, if you say, all right, well, there's no contact, then there's no then you can't call a foul. But then if you take that to its logical conclusion, then he could have just run him all the way into the rail. I'm not touching you. I'm, I'm not, not touching you. Yeah. I'm not touching you. Yeah. So there's and the NCAA rules, I, I read it. It, you know, it says you gotta be able to 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 allow a person to to finish. But if he goes out to two, he still would have been blocking him, but I don't think it would have looked egregious. Yeah. It's then he goes out another lane and then it looks even more egregious. Also, I watched it and Anderson it wasn't like he was flailing and like necessarily going to get past, like because he's also wasting time. Yeah, moving out. There's another alternate reality where he just stays on his line, and Bizimata gets really maybe passes him. Right, we'll, we'll never know for sure. Maybe Busy We'll find out outdoors. Yeah, I guess that's Rematch. the other the other part of it though. But I don't know. It just it's just a bummer because anybody you know, it's you drift right, and he drifted an awful lot. I'm guessing, was there a monitor that he was looking at? Because he never looked behind him. Was there a monitor in front of the athletes as they finished? Yeah. Okay. So I'm guessing that's he saw that someone was coming and then he moved out. But also, there's just a little bit of a natural drift, which is why people go out to two and then someone passes them on the inside and everyone says, why'd you move out? Why'd you move out? It's like, I'm really tired. Yeah. I'm really freaking tired. But Busy Mana has been around for a while. He's run some really high-quality races, so... I mean, a deserving champion. We both we both picked him, but yeah. I want to see these guys go at it again when there's no DQ. And I think issues. it's gonna be great because I think Anderson's gonna run 143 this year. Wow, 143. This this DQ if the DQ didn't happen, he runs 144.9. DQ happens, he's running 143.9. Oh, because he's gonna be in. Wait, what? Did, I don't get your argument. Because he's gonna be inspired by. Yes. The, oh, oh, okay. I thought you meant. <laughs> In the world where he doesn't get DQ'd, he runs the second faster on Saturday. No, 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 no. That. No, I'm talking about he's going to run 443 gotcha. outdoors. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Okay. Um, let's jump over to the field events. Uh, Four collegiate records. Right, five. Yeah, so we'll talk about the, the heptathlon, Garland and Owens, which was an amazing competition, then Jasmine Moore, then the Gutterson. Are given a rundown Jayden within the Hibber. rundown? So Garland and Owens – Man, this was good. I picked Garland. I believe that he could get it done. Philly guy, right? So some of us on the show believe in the, in the Philly guys. He almost broke Ash Eaton's world record. I know. We were calculating what's the collegiate Cruz- record going to be. He was just a few points off of the world record. And you filmed his dad uh, post or watching the final strides of the, the last event, the 1,000, and, and he was fired up. I saw another video of his dad. Where he like puts his hands on his head at the end because he realizes, oh, he almost broke the world record. Like he was so close to breaking the world record. I think I talked about on the women's side, Jillian Alfred, like improving her stock more than anybody going into the the, the meet. I think on the men's side, Garland, right? This just establishes him. When you're getting that close to Eaton's world record, you broke his collegiate record, and then you're that close to his world record. Just. Uh, He's 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 gonna be a force. Yeah, and you kind of look at the men ever since Ashton has retired. I mean, who has been like the the leader of the U.S. men when it comes to decathlon? Like it's uh, well, Scantling for a little bit, right? Scantling, but like there hasn't been anyone really in like contention to win, right? Kevin Mayer's been doing really good. Damon Warner. I mean, Scalen, the guys from Germany. had a, a good mark, but he didn't. How did he do at Worlds? Well, he was suspended, remember? Oh. He didn't compete. Okay, sorry. Yeah. yeah. Oops. But, but I'm saying maybe Kyle Garland could be the next, like, 
American to kind of take on the what Hardy and Ashton Eaton kind of left yeah. away, left off, and, Brian Clay. To, and Brian Clay, mm-hmm. and kind of find his way to be like compete against the Mayors and the Warners of this world. All right, uh, let's go to the jumps. <laughs> Jasmine Moore, just every time you refreshed social media, she broke the record again, either the collegiate record or the American record. I, I lost track. I think now she has the top five American triple jump performances in history, like all on that one that one series. So she does it in the triple. She does it in in the long jump. Just adds another double to her list. I don't think – no one thought she was going to lose, but it's yeah. just the, the quality of the performances. Also, as a whole, that women's triple jump competition was, was crazy, as I mentioned, more serious. But the f- top 13 women set PRs. In that meet, I don't know what was on the board. Are you conspiracy theory? No, I think they took the BU track <laughs> and they put it just only on the runway for the triple jump. Yeah, not even the long jump. jump. Not even lo- long, long jump. She broke good. Okay. Yeah. Fault had a record as well. Yeah. So maybe there's something about on. that. Those runways were, the runways were crazy. I should have had you t- like jump on it. You could have dunked off of it. Oh, that's what this was done. the opportunity of a lifetime. Gotta get a little mini hoop there. Yeah. The best, uh, the bounciest boards we could ever see. But I, you talked to more afterwards. Is this just becoming like yeah, a she routine was, at this she's, point? She was getting emotional in a way about like just how happy she is be able to perform at this level, breaking seven meters. She, you know, coach always said that she could break seven meters in the long jump, and now it happened. So it's pretty. It's kind of like you know, breaking seven meters in the long jump is a big deal for women horizontals, and yeah. it also. Prove that she's not just a triple jumper. She's like, I'm now a horizontal jumper. I'm not yeah. a triple jumper, and it definitely sets her up well for to be. You run, you jump these type of performances. This is an NCAA caliber performances. This is international caliber performances, and it sets her up well to really look at 23, 24, 25. It's like, hey, one of these three years, I may get a medal, mm-hmm. and that's kind of like coming to that realization. It's like, I'm a medal person in these next three years. Yeah. Well, and you have situation too where you got two up op- two opportunities yeah. right like these 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 two events that are linked but obviously you're talking about getting over seven being just this this really noteworthy barrier um yeah i just i just thought it was funny how every time you like, refreshed and things Record. are Record. well things are going so quick in a track meet too especially one like this where everything's condensed and you're just like wait is that the, the last record or is someone reposting a, a future record and then you look at it when it's done just whoa uh, Guttumson, Sandra Guttumson. Speaking of barriers, six meters in the pole vault breaks a collegiate record. Yeah, and uh, interestingly, he missed his first attempt at mm. five forty-six. So at seventeen feet eleven inches, <laughs> he missed, and then goes on to jump nineteen feet eight inches. Uh, I asked him why he missed. He said it was just his arm. It wasn't. He he was not. He wasn't worried at all. Um, but. Uh, yeah, he jumped six meters from Norway. I asked him what he what's his like expectation seeing that, you know, for him to compete at the international level. There's this guy named Mondo Duplantis out there jumping six twenty. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, he thinks he can get into the six ten range and he's eyeing the ability to like in the next couple of years to be able to really challenge Mondo, which I was like, Hey, go for it. Well Norway Sweden battle. Yeah, Norway Sweden battle. Yeah. Who are you Norway or Sweden guy? Which one is never on the left either. and which one's on the right? I've never been to either. Well, that's a great question. I've been to Sweden. You have? Do mm-hmm. you like it? Yeah, Stockholm. 
Does it go? I think it goes Sweden, Norway, Finland. See, you don't even know. You Do make you know? fun of me for not knowing my geography. You don't even know where Norway and Sweden are. World, world map. Here we go. Let's go to geography. I'm, I'm saying. It oh, goes, I was wrong. It's Norway. Wait, Norway, Sweden, Finland. Okay, I had, I had those flipped. Yeah, you're just reading it backwards. You look at the inverse. You're on the other side of the world. No, no, backwards. no. Finland is all the way to the right. I, I knew that, but I thought it was Sweden, Norway, Norway, Sweden. Um, you've been to Sweden. You liked it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but. Man, six another pole vaulter coming in to the prime. It's just Mondo needs challengers. That's all I'm getting yeah, out of yeah. this. Is like Casey Lightfoot did his thing. I've got you know uh, Sam Kendricks. You know he. I'm not sure where he is right now in his prime of his career, but like I don't want to be watching for the next five years. Like Mondo win, get entered competition when there's only two people left and he wins and then it's just like mondo only you want to see mondo challenge you want to see there'd be a chance of him losing not just like yeah it's hard to imagine that though but yeah i, I agree that that would be the but, ultimate uh, scenario of need, a guy coming up you need so you need someone who can jump six ten for them to even from because mondo could lose at six ten maybe yeah even though he's jumped six twenties no, he, no, no. He could definitely lose at, at 610. Yeah. That's really high. Yeah. Like in the pre-Mondo world. I was actually looking at the pole vault, and I feel like if Mondo was there, he would hit the ceiling. You think so? It looked really low. I was like, mm. Mondo can't compete here. It's too short of a ceiling. <laughs> He's got to get the specs from the engineers before he goes to a building. Yeah. Uh, one other field event, uh, men's triple jump, Jaden Hibbert of Arkansas, uh, U20 record, too. So this wasn't just the... An NCAA record. He goes. Uh, what did he? What was his mark? I lost the page here. Do you have his mark? I don't know. Men's triple. Here we go. Seventeen meter something. Seventeen fifty four. Seventeen fifty four. Oh, there it is. There we go. Oh, at the bottom. There it is. Twelve point font action there. Okay, I couldn't see it. Uh, bad eyes. But anyway, uh, competes for Jamaica. He's a freshman. The record coming in was 1750. Uh, back from, wow, 1986. That record was old. Telling you, those runways. Boom. Booming, booming out there. Uh, team race, though, we should talk about real quick. You're a big team race guy. Yeah, so uh, going into the final day, I tweeted out the projections, <laughs> and they were pretty damn accurate, almost accurate, uh, predict, like for the most part. So the projections weren't wildly off. Arkansas ends up winning both men and women. They were heavily favored in the men's side. Women. They were like the third best team, yeah. but because Lauren Gregory ran well, Nugent, all those, the Arkansas did well. Britt Wilson, Wilson, they kind of went from, hey, we're in the third place. They're like, oh, okay, we're coming up. And then boom, you know. Yeah. Because if you had Talitha Giggs getting 10 points and <laughs> Britt Wilson getting six, it's similar to four points. But then if that swaps, that's a net gain of eight. Yeah. So all that together led for Arkansas. Lance Harder in his final season got one more outdoor. In him, we'll see if Arkansas can get yeah. two wins. It'll be impressive. And Chris Bugnum, we made jokes about like, hey, could your team win without any distance points? He's like, I got someone in the five k. I have, I have someone in. The, we have a DMR. Like, we can score. Yeah. And then he scored. He scored in the five k. So I was like, <laughs> all right. So he, uh, they got the title with distance points. <laughs> yeah, they clinched it early. Yeah, they clinched it. It was not really dramatic. Women came down to the four by four, but Arkansas was just so much better. Yeah. It wasn't going to happen. Uh, that was the least dramatic. Whoever wins this four by four sure. is going to win the thing. Like we, there was a moment where you thought maybe, but then no. But we've been lucky in the past. You know, like the Oregon uh, USC, 
Oregon USC Georgia being involved, yeah. even though they're not even in the race, and the USC coming back and and beating Purdue. Like we've been lucky. Usually those everything comes down to the four by four kind of works out, and this one was over. Well, the thing though is, if Texas would have won. And Arkansas yeah. got second, they would have tied, yeah. which would have been a big, fun think piece session. There should be no ties in track. That would have been the first 30 minutes of the show. Yeah. And then we would have just gone straight to Tyreek Hill. <laughs> That's all it would have been. The show. Let's get to it. Tyreek Hill. Oh. Did you see what he did? The internet sure did. Tyreek Hill ran a 60. He actually finally got into a track race. He's been talking a lot of shit to all the <laughs> Star Trek runners, even to Bolt himself. Gets out there. So I respect him. He put back on the track spikes. He put on his... Juco singlet, and he mm-hmm. runs 670. And when you run 670 a bun- against a bunch of plumbers and welders, <laughs> which is the 25 to 29-year-old Masters track and field, 60-meter field, they didn't even have enough guys to fill a whole field of eight. There was like, what, five people in the well, race? so many people just found out that 25 to 29 is a master's has event. a Masters category. Everyone's like, wait, what? So he runs 670. He looks good doing it because... Uh, He's running against nobodies. And let's be honest, 670 off of nine-year hiatus in football muscle, it's pretty good. It, it's, it's, it, show, it shows that he's a legit athlete. Like, I don't know. You don't just walk you out. You didn't think he was a legit athlete already? Come on. I don't Come think, I don't think uh, DK Metcalf can run 670. Right. Because Tyreek Hill's faster than DK Metcalf. Yeah, yeah. But, but I'm like, saying, no, okay. I'm just saying. Go ahead, finish your point, and then I'm going to get really frustrated. It wasn't, it wasn't ass like he ran seven seconds. It was 670 is good, but good is not great and it's not amazing, which is what the media thought it was. Yeah, I mean, I bring up the uh, the ESPN article there. Just like look at how the, the ESPN article was, was framed. I thought it was interesting. Bleacher Report did a. Um, did a post to where they were like, my mind's exploding because I think they thought Masters meant like. Yeah, show the ESPN one. That's the, the sec- CBS. Yeah, the, the, the second one. The the uh, the headline is Tyreek Hill runs blazing sixty meter at USATF Masters. Blazing. Event. Yeah. All right. Here's my problem with all this. Hold on. Can I say say other things that happened? Sports Center when they showed the highlight. Yeah. They said Tyreek Hill ran six seventy, just four tenths of a second off the world record. They said he ran four tenths of a second off the world record. Yeah, and then uh, there was a lot of mind explosion emojis. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I, again, I think people saw the term masters and thought it meant the best, the best people at the craft, like top chef masters or something like that. Like, oh my gosh, these are the best, the best people in the world. Um, all right. The problem with this discussion is we know how fast Tyreek Hill is, generally speaking. He ran track at a high level a while ago, right? Now, could he have been great if he stuck on it? We switch it back to the other. We don't want to show the video. Yeah, sorry, Amanda. Sorry, I, conf- Amanda. I confused you. <laughs> you scroll down, that's fine. Um, we know how fast he is, right? He, he ran a World Juniors. He ran fast times in high school, right? Went up against DeGrasse, went up against Bromel. Could he have been even faster if he stuck with track? Yeah, sure. probably because he was young. Um, was he going to be Usain Bolt? No. Probably not. Probably not. But he was fast. He was legitimately fast. So then to act like we are just discovering something new when he runs 670. And he ran the race, which is cool. Most people won't do that. So he, he put on the spikes. But the whole like, oh, it's so amazing. He's been doing fo- – what what's he training for in football? 
speed to run fast. Now he, he could lose obviously like less muscle, like he could get down and, and be faster, but everybody doing these math equations in their head of like, well, just give him two months training and he could run whatever. I'm like, if you give him two months training or three months training or six months training, he'll probably get maybe back to where he was before when he, when he was younger and he had time to like, we have times for this, right? We know exactly kind of where he is. I was super surprised right that he showed up and did it i think everybody was i thought it was a joke i was like is this april already yeah. like this is kind of crazy but also everyone's like well leave him alone it's like well you talk trash to usain bolt and then you enter a master's event and run 670 people are gonna talk your tweet i think summed it up perfectly i'm gonna compliment your tweet thanks so, man track world versus nfl world on how they saw tyree kills uh tweet because everybody in the track world almost universally is dumping on it. There's a few exceptions of like, hey, that's cool, like glad he's doing it. And everybody in the NFL world or general sports world sees the margin of victory, sees the title of the meet, sees the thing like just four tenths off the world record, and they don't know how to conceptualize it, so they think he's he's bolt. Yeah, so I said Tyreek 670 in the eyes of track Twitter, and then it's a picture of a javelin thrower from the 1900s. And Eric, Eric Lemming, Lemming who out. actually won Olympic medals, but a lot of them. He has a beer belly and is, doesn't look like a legit athlete. And then Tyree kills six seventy the eyes of NFL Twitter, and it's Usain Bolt. It is it is wild when you see people. Now, I don't like giving into like the little victim culture that track loves. It'd be like we we deserve more credit and all this stuff. It's more just they're not intelligent. The NFL world is not intelligent. They don't know what real speed is. They were dumb. That's all. It was just they were dumb. What was done? The, oh, the the, the blazing yeah, six seven eight. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And I get it. You're doing clickbait, but like, and like they just how else are you gonna do it? They'd be like, he ran a race. Like that's not as fun to do. You want to say something fun and make all caps. The thing here's the funny part. He could have run six sixty in an NCAA open meet and got beat by three guys, and the headline would have been totally different. But he would have run a tenth faster. Yeah. It was way too predicated on margin of victory. Yeah. If if anything. It's because it was an official event. If that was like in a street, yeah, the people would be like, "Oh, he ran up against a bunch of like fans." Yeah, and it wouldn't have the same. People thought he was racing against professionals, right? Which was the DK problem. Metcalf ran against professionals, which is why I would, even though I would take Hill over Metcalf, I give Metcalf more credit yeah. because he, he laced them up. Do you think Tyreek Purpose is like, "Yo, they're gonna think I'm racing against pros, so I'm gonna go to the Masters"? No, run? I don't think it was that. Also, here's what this does do. T- there's one useful takeaway from this, and this is and this is what it is. When you watch now on Sunday and you see him, Tyreek Hill, blow past the defensive back and get a touchdown, you know, generally speaking, what sort of speed that equates to. It's not perfect because he's wearing pads, but also it's different types of speed, right? He didn't run 10 meters and then take a right and then take a left and then finishes 60 right he ran 60 in a straight line he's wearing tracks but it's 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 different but you have at least a general idea hey someone could someone could run six seven on the track and you put them on a football field and they look like superman yeah someone could probably run seven seconds in a 60 but maybe their first but maybe their first 15 of it is incredible or maybe they're able to do that while missing a defender right all this stuff is so relative and sport specific like when he gets out there um, he's not running a straight 60 in a line. But did Bolt tweet? I'm surprised Bolt didn't I think anything. I think uh, Tyreek said he's not going to do it again. Was he, was he? So 
That was his one time he was yeah, so he, was he doing this just to see where he was at, and then if he was fast, he was going to keep yeah, doing it? Yeah, he probably it? saw 6-7. He's like, I don't want the yeah. Promel smoke, the Coleman smoke, the Lyle smoke, the Curly I mean, smoke. Cause he, I mean, Tyreek knows that 6 Do you think Ty, Tyreek has been he talking knows, a lot? Yeah, he knows times. Yeah, yeah. but do, do you think he now knows that, like, man, I shouldn't have said that to Bolt? Or does he, No, no, no. I think he likes the do you, when when, when, like when, he crit, when he trash talks the pros, does he know – that he's lying? No, I think he actually believes that. But right. he just ran 670. Does yeah, he still now, believe it? Now I think he doesn't. Okay, <laughs> think, so now he realizes, it's, like, I'm uh, not that fast. Dude, and that makes him similar to all of us, yeah. right? We all think we could do what we did eight years ago, athletically. True. And, and then you actually put a watch on it, and then reality yeah. slaps you in the face. And you're like, oh, okay, well, I, I can't actually do that. But the thing to remember was, this doesn't mean he was slower in the past. His times are his times. We have his times. Yeah. Like, we know how fast he was. He chose football. He didn't choose track. Again, I think he could have he could have ma- potentially made teams, right? Like Trinidad Holiday made teams, but that's a, a lot different from you're going to break a world record or you're going to be you know multiple time gold medalist. Um, yeah, I'm surprised Bolt didn't chime in yet with anything. Uh, one more story we want to talk about. Let's go back to the track real quick. Final story of the podcast. Well, and then you're talking about the March Madness yes. bracket briefly. Uh, Adeja Hodge, 16 years old. Out at the New Balance Indoor Nationals meet, high school, she runs 22-33. 22-33. Would have been third at NCAAs. Yeah. Beats the world U-20 record. And technically, 16, NCAAs yeah. is at altitude, so 22-33 at altitude would have converted to about the same, a closely similar time to when Ophelia ran. Yeah. Incredible. 16. Yeah. 20, she's... Whew. We talk about how the 200 is crazy, you know, with what's happening internationally in the U.S. With now it's down to at, high school. Now it's all it's bleeding all the way to the high school. Yeah. It's 16-year-olds, not even like rising seniors. It's <laughs> 16-year-olds. It's insane. All right. So at the top of the chat, if you're watching the chat, Gordon put the link to enter. Did the, anyone enter the bracket the pool? Let's see if I, people have already entered. Oh, nice. This is good. Gordon, his day has been made. So, yeah. Uh, so, March Madness. We're going to we'll explain t- it. We have a lot of people who aren't in the U.S. Explain March Madness. I have to explain? Really? Yeah. March Madness, college basketball, bracket. I don't need to explain it. Yeah. There's. Listen, we're trying to open doors. Okay. Widen people's perspectives. This is this March Madness. This could be cool. This could be someone's first ever bracket, and they found out about it because they listened to a track and field podcast. Okay. I like it. I so like take it. the opportunity. Okay. For those who aren't from America or know anything about college basketball, NCAA, similar to what we just had. 64 teams, basketball teams, are going to compete in a tournament. You got to predict who's going to win every every competition. If you have the best bracket, you win. And we're all going to submit. You go to ESPN.com. I put the link in the description below. It's also in the chat. Go to it. Enter your bracket. You can enter one bracket. Best bracket will win a prize, which we have yet to decide. But the, the prize is going to be on a wheel. We'll spin a wheel for the prize. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, you have to fill it up by Thursday at noon. So you got time. We're going to bring this up again on the Wednesday podcast. We'll actually yeah. dive deeper into it on the Wednesday podcast. It's 68 but, teams, by the way, now. Yeah, but six, you don't need to worry about the first. You don't pick the plans? You don't pick on the that? plans. Okay. Yeah. It's really, I know it's 68, but 64 is when it starts. So head over to the link. It's on the description below. Enter the March Madness bracket. Best bracket will win a prize to be determined. We'll maybe even do a prize if you beat me. 
you get a prize because I'm going to win Dude, this Then thing. you're going to be responsible for the prizes. I'm, I'm very good at financially. my brackets. Um, and yeah, it's going to be fun. We'll talk about it again on Wednesday. We'll figure out the prizes for Wednesday, by Wednesday. Wednesday's podcast, we're going to do our own little bracketology with track and field size. Mm. So I'm looking forward to that one. Right, so fill out the bracket. I think uh, this will be a good opportunity for people to play. I don't know what the prize is. We, you and I had a bet on indoors, whoever won had the most correct picks, had to buy the person one taco for each correct pick and it ended up being a tie. Yeah. So we're both hungry. So we're going to take that tie and we're going to put it into the bracket. Yeah. I haven't watched any college basketball this year. Maybe we give tacos to the winner. Just ship them? Ship them tacos. <laughs> we'll just give them a taco gift card. I don't know. Yeah, we'll have to figure it out. Figure it out. So go over there. Just check the link. We'll talk about it again on Wednesday, but I want to get it out there now so people know. Uh, start doing your permutations. And also, if you have a fun way to predict your bracket, that'll be cool. Right? Yeah, if you're us. like doing it based off of track yeah, speed or whatever. Like or, which school has the best like pole vault school record. Yeah, or like, yeah, just pick a random event. Mm-hmm. It's like we have a javelin bracket, a pole vault <laughs> bracket, and then that'll be actually cool. We can, I'll go in I can make a bracket for every event who has a better school record in that event and then see what... That, what did we do with it last year? We did something like that with it. I think we just picked like track athlete or whatever. I okay, best track athlete. Anyway, March Madness. I think we're not even allowed to say that. I think they own the rights to that. Sorry, NCAA. Men's Tournament Challenge. Yeah. All right. That's it. Like, subscribe, tell your friends. We'll see you guys Wednesday. Yeah, thanks, Amanda, for Thank producing. you, Amanda. Thanks First time producer, watching. Amanda. Thank you. See you guys Wednesday. Bye.